0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures, it's not about clothing, it's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today on the show I'm sitting down with Farah. She is a DC-based photographer and I had the pleasure of having her in studio. We're chatting about self-care, identity, and the different chapters of life. I think you're really going to enjoy her story. Here's Farah. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Farah, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing great.
1: Thank you for having me
0: on. I'm excited <laughs> to chat with you. I, I rarely have in-studio guests, so this is like very fun for me to sit across from you. So before we get started, who are you and what do you do for the Hey Girl listeners who may not be familiar?
1: Sure. So my name is Farah Skyke, and I'm a photographer, I'm a musician, and I'm also currently the uh, creative and culture manager at the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C., So let's start with photographer. Great. When did you fall in love with taking photos? Um, I think I developed my obsession with documenting from my dad. Mm -hmm. He was one of those like almost like a sharper image dad. Like if there was a new camera, he was really excited about it. And maybe it was like a point and shoot. It was not a DSLR, but Mm -hmm. he would be taking photos like of anything, any occasion. And there were always pictures. Mm. So... When I was just around my 17th birthday, when he got sick, he, you know, our priorities as a family, like, changed a little bit. Um, and I started becoming the obsessive documentarian who mm-hmm. I would, like, I'd never taken a photo class, but my friends would play, you know, in each other's basements and at the rec center. And I would start taking my camera. I would take it to with me to school mm-hmm. and people would be like, are you in a photo class? Like, <laughs> I'm not, but I'm really excited about yeah. this. So I think I... I realized this later that I I had accidentally taken on the role of the family documentarian. Mm -hmm. But the taking photos of friends bands was kind of how I set myself up for doing what I do now is mostly photographing live music, Mm -hmm. mostly focusing on punk and hardcore and uh, local DIY stuff. Mm.
0: So I want to I want to rewind a little bit and talk about your dad and how he was always taking the photos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How much does family and culture and upbringing play in your identity as a person walking through the world and a creative person?
1: Sure. I think it's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When it comes to when it comes to photography, I, I think my I think my culture and my family's history plays into it in ways that people might not obviously realize right off the bat when they look at like a show photo I've taken. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I come from my family is from Lebanon and from Sierra Leone and there's two places that people don't know a ton about unless they've been there or they have an understanding of those places from like, a book they read during in a history class or in a politics class, and mm-hmm. you're really getting kind of like the cut and dry version of it, or you're seeing the worst of those places on the news because that's where on then when they're on the news, they're not mm-hmm. on the news because something great happened in Lebanon today. Right. You know, they're on the news because something terrible happened in Lebanon today, mm-hmm. and it felt exhausting to see a a place I love so much only portrayed in that one light. When I had you know have seen so many sides of it and seen such a beautiful place. And I think my family also felt this, like people don't get where we're from kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and another side of it for me is just, I I grew up loving punk music and for a long time I didn't see anybody who looked like me in those bands. Mm. And I realized that um, the person who was doing the documenting had a lot to do with who was being documented and who was being remembered. So I would learn about women of color and punk way after I would learn about you know, white people are white women in punk. Mm. And that was a really big moment for me. So what I kind of take from all of that, you know, feeling misunderstood or unrepresented is is wanting to make sure that with what's happening now in music, that people know that we're here. People know that women are here. Trans folks are here. Queer folks are here. People of color are here. Black people are here. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I don't want anybody to ever be able to say, oh, I didn't know mm. that these people were part of this, mm. that these people were making and
0: doing. Yeah. And that's really important because representation matters, right, as we've seen. I mean, that's such a kind of cliche phrase now, but Mm -hmm. it it really is beneficial for folks to be like, oh, there I am. Mm -hmm. You know, we were talking about Rami on our walk, the show Rami on Hulu. (laughs) And the first thing you said was like, I've never seen that before. You know, like a show centered around a Muslim family and their habits and their rituals and all of the things. Yeah. So it just kind of comes to show that we need to see things and people and experiences that remind us of home or that remind us like, oh, I can show up in this space too.
1: Yes. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, DC has a great history of punk and people talk about it in the past tense and Mm. it drives me crazy because so much is happening right now or yesterday. Like tomorrow, someone is going to announce a new band and put out a tape. You know, it happens very quickly and and it's still going. So I think the getting caught up in the nostalgia part kind of annoys me a little bit when people are like worshiping the 80s and 90s that happened mm. here and all that music was great and important right. I love it but if you don't have the context of the present tense and you're missing a lot so I have like I, I always have a great time going to shows around here but you know one of my favorite things I go to every year is my friend Scout over in Philly has this festival called Break Free Fest mm-hmm. and it's all um black and brown people making punk and I've never been in a space before where we were listening oh. to a reggaeton between sets and everybody is like fully showing up as themselves mm. i never felt like that in a room before mm-hmm. maybe I didn't know another Lebanese person there or another you know Lebanese West African person there or another Muslim person there but it was you know we all were in this special space that we had never really been in before until that weekend
0: mm. I love that <laughs> so what has photography, specifically in the punk space mm-hmm. and in the space that you're cultivating as a photographer looking to capture marginalized folks in, in the area and also just in your work, what has that taught you about community and community building? It's, it's funny because I feel like a lot of the
1: people I photograph are not going to refer to themselves as marginalized because I think it has an alignment with like weak because mm-hmm. when I see those people or those women on stage, like none of those people are weak. Mm-hmm. They are the most powerful people I've ever seen mm-hmm. so it's um there's like a lot of resilience there's a lot of demanding that we're going to make noise and you're going to know that we're here and mm-hmm. this is what we're about. so I have a lot a lot a lot of respect for that and I try to make sure that. You can feel it looking at a photo. Mm-hmm. Like if you could feel, like, oh, I almost feel like I was there. That's the most important thing to me. And like even if that, you know, even if that feeling is anger, like, good, understand that anger. There's a lot behind it. And yeah. Maybe you should look it up and listen, like, check out the lyrics and and learn something from it. Mm-hmm. But that's the biggest part of it for me. Is is we're not, you know, we're like, yes, in the in the broader sense, as far as like making our way in the world outside of those small show spaces, mm-hmm. like we're marginalized, but. In those rooms, we are—we're like we're powerful people, Mm -hmm. and we are as we walk day to day in our lives as well. With Kizik hands-free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion with over 200 patents and easy-on, easy-off technology. You'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at slash socks.
0: Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products, as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe? Or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue and it's shaped like the flower and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200 plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between 269 to 467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful VIX Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo tie-dye bowls. Many of the products individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11 year old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. So when it comes to balancing nine to five and creative work, you and I have kind of had this conversation before. How has that been for you? And, you know, you started as a creative entrepreneur and then things shifted. And I want to kind of talk about that because no one is really um, leaning into the fact that, There are some people who do creative work and have nine to fives and some people who don't. And I think more Mm -hmm. people who do creative work and have traditional jobs need to be talking. I know I was when I was in that position. Mm -hmm. So what does that feel like to go from one extreme to the next and then kind of balancing the two?
1: Sure. I feel like I've always been balancing the two because I've always had another creative pursuit that wasn't just music photography or or, a photography that I was, you know, doing purely for myself out Mm -hmm. of the curiosity and enjoyment of it, which is what music photography is to me. Right. But, you know, before, um, before I was at the line, I was working for myself and I was running a small media company called dim sum. I was working with about 14 DC restaurants, bars, small businesses at a time and doing everything under the creative umbrella, especially things that touched photography. So I'd be your photographer, but also your social media, um, social media director Mm -hmm. or your publicist or the person who was creating your email campaigns or building and helping guide your website. Mm -hmm. So I was doing, I was wearing a lot of hats. Uh, I was working with a lot of people. And then on top of that, still shooting shows very regularly Mm -hmm. Uh, at the line. I still have a, I still have a very creative job. So I get to wear a different kind of creative hat when I'm there Uh, And I love it because it's a job where I get to use every part of my creative brain Mm. in different ways Mm -hmm. that I didn't know I could. Like I it was I remember learning that hotels had creative teams and that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. And for a second it didn't click. And I realized like I'm a person who loves even if I'm walking into a days in. I'm like all right what's in the let's open every drawer let's read every pamphlet <laughs> <Yeah>. let's <laughs> check out <laughs> everything before I unpack my bag yeah. and I love I I look forward to those experiencing experiences mm. and just seeing what different places do with them way before this was a part of my life so mm. I should not be surprised that this is something that yeah something I came into yeah but it is it's definitely it definitely is a balance for sure there are nights where it's like all right we're gonna be here tonight because we've got an event you're gonna miss that show you're excited about and that's just kind of part of it like yeah. I understand that that's what I signed up for but at the same time there's always going to be something exciting to exciting to shoot some of your interest mm-hmm. in doing even mm-hmm. if you miss that one night it's not the end of the it's not the end of the world yeah I think there's a lot of. A lot of pressure put on us folks who do multitask with the nine to five and then whatever creative pursuit is happening after that. You know, pressure to multitask, especially women, to be able to do it all because right. we've been told from a young age that we see these women who I can't have it all or how does she do it all? Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I, it's ex- it. I don't want to see that burnout yeah. ever. <laughs> so I, it, it's been a long. It's taken me a while as I've been at my current job for a little over a year, and it's taken me a while to be a little bit kinder to myself Mm -hmm. and not beat myself up for doing everything I wanted to do that day.
0: Mm. So let's transition into self care (laughs) 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 because with all the things that we do as women and and people um, has to come this harmonizing of taking care of ourselves. What does that look like for you over the past year specifically? A lot of it was being patient with myself that I'm not just it
1: took me a second to realize I didn't just start a new job. This is a new career altogether. And I was going I looked at myself. I said, you're going to have to be patient with yourself Mm -hmm. or you're just going to be frustrated all the time. And nobody wants that energy at work. I don't want it. Nobody at work wants it. My dog doesn't want it. Nobody (laughs) needs me to be a little ball of stress. It doesn't help me or anybody else. But that was a big part of it is being patient, asking, being comfortable with asking questions, even Mm. if they felt like they were dumb Mm -hmm. Um, and doing my own research, digging into it and looking up, you know what other folks were doing all right I'm like new to the idea that creative teams even exist at hotels so like what homework do I need to do to learn more about it who are folks I can talk to near me who are folks who have had a nine-to-five for a while and have have to achieve the same kind of balance that I'm trying to achieve having those conversations and being open enough to say I don't know Mm -hmm. but I would like to know yeah And that's Mm. that's hard for a lot of people to be able to just come out and say, I do not have the answer, but I'd like to find it or one that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So being kind and patient to myself um, and really prioritizing time with myself. I have a very social job and then I'm in packed rooms with lots of people who are Mm. we're all excited about the same thing. But, you know, you go to work, you and, you know, then you go to a show and it's full of people. You can use that sec- that camera as a security blanket to start conversations or as an excuse to not have them. Mm. But really being honest with myself about where I'm at and what do I need that day? You know, I f- I'm I, f- I feel like I'm self-aware enough to know, like, OK, going out with some friends after this is going to make me feel better and I will be pleasant company mm-hmm. or just being able to say, I think I just need to stay home. Yeah. And read this book. <laughs> but being able to self-assess. um and be very real with like what you need might change day to day and that's fine. We're worked on Monday might not work on Tuesday and that's fine. Like yeah. not beating yourself up because you journaled on Monday but didn't journal on Tuesday is like it's a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Especially for very stubborn Gemini.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so interesting that you said that because um I wrote yesterday that my how changes and that my how I show up for myself is seasonal Mm -hmm. it feels like Mm -hmm. sometimes and to like be gentle with myself during that process is like you said it's it's a challenge Mm -hmm. um so outside of work what does self-care feel like for you outside of work and outside of um photography how Mm -hmm. do you pour into yourself when you have your quiet moments
1: I love to sleep. I love sleeping. <laughs> I love sleeping almost as much as I love eating. And I used to feel make myself feel very guilty for not getting up right away. Mm. Not waking up, showering, going. Like I don't have to go all the time. Like I, I, I understand now that I need some slowness. Mm-hmm. And I... Savor those mornings. We can take some time with some tea, with the book. Maybe it's, you know, all right, I'm going to wake up a little early, but I'm going to go to the dog park in leggings. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to get from me. And leggings <laughs> and like a messy bun. Right. And that's what you're getting. That's what the world's going to get from me. And, like, that's okay. And yeah. it doesn't have to look perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Like my slow time, might looks different than somebody else's slow time. But, you know, really taking time with myself, um, getting that quiet, in and if it's not quiet then it's just like it's me and my podcast today (laughs) like this is my time to catch up on that because I I don't have a job where I can or should be uh, with my headphones in all day so I like you know making some time to catch up on that making some time to read something that has nothing to do with work and just hearing that quiet instead of getting stressed out and thinking of all the things I could or should be doing or making is Mm. really like leaning into that quiet and saying like no you deserve this and not only you deserve it you need it Mm -hmm. so you can keep being The person you are excited about being Mm,
0: i like that yeah so i want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about growing older and friendships and how things shift and change as we get older in career in work and even in how we show up and take care of ourselves so what has that been like for you over the years from i know i've been reflecting a lot um on turning 30 in july Mm -hmm. and like what I'm shedding and what I'm, you know, blooming into and just the different seasons that I've been going through over the past five years. What has shown up for you lately in ways that are teaching you um, how to lean into who you are more and be really kind of sturdy and secure in that? Mm -hmm. I love that you say
1: seasons. For me, I just look at Things, I, like to, I feel very comfortable looking at chapters of my life, right? Mm. I had a chapter of self-employment looks like this. And maybe in the future, I'll have a different chapter of self-employment that will look nothing like that. Mm. But I like looking at it as a book because when you mentioned friends, like somebody might show up in the first two chapters and they might not show up again until like chapter 13 and that's okay. Mm. Like that doesn't mean that because that person is not in every single chapter with you, it doesn't mean that they're not a good friend or they're not there for you or you're not there for them. Like they have their own whole book, but <laughs> right. completely separate than yours right um, a really difficult thing for me when I started um a full-time a full-time job uh, elsewhere other than other than me being the boss mm-hmm. was a lot of my friends were people i I worked with in some capacity um you know amazing strong smart self-employed women and we could kind of finagle our schedules to make time for each other and now all of a sudden I was the one with the nine-ish to five-ish and they were the ones moving a little bit more slowly in the morning and ramping up in the evening while I was, you know, doing the opposite. And there was a big disconnect. And Mm -hmm. that was really hard for me to accept for a little while. It's Mm -hmm. like this doesn't mean you're losing these friendships. This just means that you just got to approach it a different way. Like it's not assumed that we're going to see each other all the time anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not built into my day that I'm going to see those folks. We just have to approach it from a different Standpoint, all right, all right. Like I'm going to pull up my calendar and I'm going to make time for you. And at first, I thought, God, that's lame. I should not have to schedule time with my friends. Mm. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, that's, that sounds that sounds so sad. Mm. I really thought that it sounded sad, but you know, I I think it just means that, like I'm prioritizing you enough that this is a block of time that I'm reserving for you, mm. and that I don't want anything else to interfere with. Um, I have Google Calendar reminders to call my mom. That doesn't mean I'm a bad daughter because I need a reminder to call my mom. That means I understand how my brain works and that for me when I see that it's like, oh, you have prioritized that. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the friend stuff is the friend stuff is, is difficult. And there were some people who, you know, maybe I grew understanding of our lives just look different now. Mm-hmm. And this is just we just have to, you know, find different ways to connect in, you know, in the same room or otherwise. And yeah. there were some people who didn't understand that and say, well, you're not making time for me. I'm like, well, for the first time in a while, I would really just have to make time for myself and to not feel selfish about that mm-hmm. and recognize who in your life acknowledges that. When you tell them, hey, I'm going through this change mm. with my job, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get closer to my family, which is something that this job has allowed me to do is that my day off is my day off. I want to go. I want to go to the movies with my brother. I want to go, you know, take my mom to, you know, f- for a manicure or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm saying, hey, like I just for, for at least for now, this is what I need to focus on. and I hope you can understand that that's like a little less of you if you're I, i'm I'll be twenty nine in June. Mm-hmm. I've got you know thirteen months until thirty. And I'm not as scared of that number now, but I was just talking to somebody, and like maybe I'll be more scared of it when I get there because people put a, like a lot of social pressure on on 30. that, but <laughs> a lot of pressure around that number for I think for everybody. Like yeah. you're supposed to have something together, or know something about yourself that you didn't, didn't know not- the day before at 29 <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and 364 <laughs> days.
0: Say goodbye. I recently started wearing a new bra by 3rd Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. 3rd Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my 3rd Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall Find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on 3rd Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And 3rd Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. 3rd Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com/heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/heygirl for 15% off today.
1: There's so many people whose careers I admire who are who don't come into their careers. we don't find out about them until they're older, yeah, and I see that I go like there's not you know you read stories about somebody's seventy eight year old grandma getting her law degree I' like you're not too old to do anything, you're not too young to start anything, right. and that gives me a a lot of comfort that these chapters don't have anything to do with the years and the days on the calendar. Mm. They're different things, um, but yeah, finding. Finding those friends who really understand when you need to shift your focus on something else and not making it about them and letting you make something about you, mm-hmm. especially like I'm a very I'm a very generous person with my time. If you're my friend, you're in my life. I want to give you as much of my time as I can. Right. So I had to train myself out of thinking that that was selfish to make that time for me mm. when somebody texts me. What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm at home. I'm reading. Cool. Let's go. No, I'm I'm reading this book because that's what I would like to be doing <laughs> right? right now. And I'm like really enjoying it. And mm. I cannot wait to get to the next page. Yeah. Um that doesn't mean that I don't want to see you. It just means that like this is a kind of focus I need on a different part of my life right now. And if your folks understand that, that's great. If yeah. your folks don't understand that, then maybe you can reconnect in another chapter and they've got their own stuff to figure out.
0: And I really love how you're using chapters. And I like I really liked how you said just because someone was in, you know, the first two with you doesn't mean that they're going to be in the thirteenth chapter, and that also doesn't mean that the friendship is over, or mm-hmm. that self-employment has to look this way in mm-hmm. chapter one, and then that way by the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just really self-aware that you're able to kind of name that and and picture it in in a in a way that makes you feel like organized. I don't know if organized is the word. It
1: is. People will say you're really organized. How do you get like that? Like, there's a lot of things I like to do. I <laughs> love my job. I want to keep. Making my job a place for other creatives to um to shine because mm-hmm. that's a big part of what we do, especially focusing on d c mm-hmm. creatives mm-hmm. um I love shooting shows, I love playing music. I like to see my family. I like to see my friends like if I'm not organized, I want to be the friend who's rescheduling with you again because they forgot that something else was on the calendar, and I don't want to be that person,
0: yeah, so to wrap up our conversation, I want to talk about how art influences how you move through the world on a day-to-day basis and what it teaches you about yourself.
1: Art and community kind of tie together for me pretty well. They're, you know, I'm, I'm part of a uh, collective of women and non-binary music photographers called To The Front, mm-hmm. and those photographers are all over the country. Some of them in, are in other parts of the world, but we all are following each other, and even if we can't make it to that person's art show because they live in Atlanta or Chicago or Toronto, mm-hmm. like we're still connected and we're getting... A different perspective on it but I think I try to I try to consume as much art as I can that isn't also music photography and mm-hmm. get another view on it because sometimes I find a lot of inspiration out of completely different styles of photography or art mm-hmm. so making time for that is is really important to me and taking space away from looking at the screen all day as well and finding other things to do mm-hmm. walking around with like taking things slow and walking around you know meeting up with a friend for coffee great I'm going to grab my film camera and I'm going to keep my eyes open and I'm going to turn my phone on airplane mode until I get there. So my face isn't buried in the screen, but mm-hmm. I'm looking around in a way I haven't looked before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that to me is that self-care to me is just like taking the time to slow down and force myself to do things a little bit differently because I know it's what I need. And I always feel nourished after I do something like that.
0: What would you tell your younger self? <sighs> <laughs> what would you say to her with all the life lessons? Oh, my God. And everything that you've learned up until this
1: point. First of all, I would tell myself that your big nose is cute and you look (laughs) crazy with any other kind of nose. (laughs) We're like, you know, we're raised, we grow up thinking parts of ourselves are wrong or or don't look right. And there was a lot of uh, negative self-talk for a long time. And I'm like, I love my big ass nose. Mm -hmm. I love my big crooked lips. Like this is fine. (laughs) I would not be me if I didn't have these things, Mm -hmm. but more related to our conversation, um, the set, traditional path is fine and it might work for some people and it might not mm. in some ways having that kind of traditional pathway of like i know so many people who have or have thriving careers that had nothing to do with what they got their degree in mm. i know lots of people who have thriving careers and don't have a degree or maybe they're going to start on it now yeah and i'm i'm proud of my younger self for trusting her gut mm. and making decisions and kind of standing firm with what she wanted to do but even when she didn't You know, it's, she still learned something about herself and the, and the, and what she wanted out of the world. So I'm, I think my younger self was maybe braver than I am right now in a lot of ways and threw caution to the wind more frequently than I do Mm. now. Now I'm like, I have a dog to think about. (laughs) (laughs) I can't just go willy nilly. What about Bruno? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sometimes I look back at my I'm like, I should trust my gut more often because it hasn't steered me wrong yet. Mm. Um, and to keep being just like proud of myself, it, when you have a creative career, I think there's, um, and you're explaining it to your parents, like there's sometimes a generational gap. Like, so you do Instagram for restaurants. How does that, Yeah. how do you make money from, yeah. so you're in advertising. No, there's a generational gap, but there's also for me, there was a cultural gap, you yeah. know, my parents wanted to be able to tell folks back home, like careers that, a professions that with one word everybody yeah. understands. Everybody knows what a teacher is. Everybody knows what a lawyer is. Everybody knows what a yeah. journalist is. But mm-hmm. you say creative and culture manager. Like what? Or a photographer, like yeah. weddings. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 like weddings are fun and everything. But I I it took a while for me to understand that like they will get there on their own. And I got wrapped up in how things should have been mm. and what support I should have had versus what the reality was. So I would have loved to tell myself to just like, if you're proud of yourself and you feel good about what you're doing and how you're moving through the world, then it will fall into place later. And it might take some time, but it'll get there and trust your gut.
0: The Hey Girl podcast is a member of The District Productive. Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai.